Good morning, and we have the distinct pleasure this morning of being joined by the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Indiana, Suzanne Crouch. Good morning to you, uh, Mrs. Crouch. How are you doing this morning? Tom, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day, and uh, I'm in Indiana, so life can't be better. There you go. And, of course, uh, uh, the big uh, story this week has been the election uh, Tuesday night. Uh, a pretty good uh, night for uh, your party as far as uh, statewide uh, races are concerned, and uh, also in uh, the southeastern uh, part of the state. But uh, your reaction, uh, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, uh, to the election results and uh, uh, what do you think it means for the legislature uh, heading into 2023? I think that, you know, the election results uh, were definitely, um, you know, Republican. And I think the reason people voted Republican is they've seen the results of Republican leadership over the past decade, uh, where their taxes are low and we balance budgets and there's healthy surpluses. In fact, this year, Taxpayers got back a taxpayer refund because the surplus was so healthy. Can you imagine giving people their money back? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I think that people responded to the results of the Republican leadership, and that is why they voted to send Todd Young back to the Senate. They voted to, you know, to hold on to the statewide offices and actually increase seats in the legislature. So, but that puts a big responsibility on Republicans to perform and to keep delivering results for Hoosiers. And with us going into the budget session, uh, we will have uh, we'll have money, uh, but we also have a lot of a lot of priorities that we need to fund. We need to be looking at how we can continue to grow our education. How are we going to invest more in education? Uh, grow our economy. Uh, and then strengthen our families and communities. And so there'll be competing interests um, on uh, where that money should go, But uh, and we'll have a healthy discussion. And at the end of the day, the legislature will be putting money and investing in programs that will benefit Hoosiers. Now, with inflation, uh, Mrs. Crouch, uh, would that uh, have any effect, uh, any bearing on uh, the surplus or the amount of the surplus? Because uh, it seems like uh, that's something that uh, a lot of government entities are uh, concerned about. Well, I think not only government entities, the people in the private sector are concerned about sure. the inflation. But, but, uh, yeah. I know you and me, every yeah. time we fill up <laughs> our gas tank or go to the grocery store, you know, we're seeing the effects of inflation. And so I think To your point, Tom, I think the General Assembly will be conservative, uh, not knowing what the future, while we may have money right now, we don't know what the future is going to bring. And we know with road projects that costs are escalating, we know that with any of our programs that costs are escalating, we know that there's a shortage in the workforce, and so it's becoming harder and harder to get employees, and we're having to look at how we compensate them in return. So I think you're absolutely right. I think the fact that inflation is out there and we don't have a crystal ball, so we don't know exactly when it's going to end. I think the General Alleg- the general Assembly is going to be um, very cognizant of that and probably a little conservative in how they appropriate money. And then, uh, of course, getting back to uh, what you uh, brought up, the fact that uh you know, your party has to perform uh, in the uh, in your leadership position, um, obviously at the executive branch, but in the legislature and the fact that the uh, supermajority has grown. Uh, that's the thing that I think that a lot of people at the national level, they, uh, they worry about the, 
you know, certain uh, political parties uh, getting in the office, and then they, they don't perform. But uh, again, that's, um, I mean, has that, do you, do you feel like that is, uh, it seems like it has not been the case in uh, in Indiana. Is that uh, pretty much uh, how you see it? You know, Tom, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, that it seems, it seems to ha- that we have paralysis on the national level, where people, you know, we send senators, we send Congress people to, to Washington, D.C. to fix our problems, and we see nothing happening. But that I don't believe is the case here in Indiana. People see the benefits of, you know, their, you know, tax dollars at work. Um, and as I said, I mean, people actually got taxpayer refunds this year. They actually got some of their money back. Uh, so while there is that, you constantly have to be aware that, you know, the, the, the danger, I think, or the challenge, perhaps, with the supermajorities is being open to everyone's voice and be sure that we are open and respectful of everyone. Uh, and by doing that, then we're able to deliver the kind of results that we do here in Indiana. And a uh, former colleague of yours, uh, who is uh, will be uh, our uh, Congress member in uh, in this area in the Ninth Congressional District, uh, following uh, the redrawn maps, is uh, Erin Halchin, uh, former uh, state senator from Salem. And the fact that uh, she's going to Capitol Hill uh, starting in January. Uh, your thoughts on uh, uh, Senator Halchin's election uh, to the uh, House of Representatives in Washington D.C. Well, I am uh, excited and proud of her. Uh, I think that what Aaron will do is Aaron will take our, excuse me, our conservative way of doing business here in Indiana, and she's going to take those values to Washington, D.C., and she is going to shake things up because that was the type of legislator she was. She was not afraid to stand up for what was right. She was never afraid of getting out there and fighting for what is right, and I think she's going to carry those very same values to Washington, D.C., and as a result, I'm looking forward to her helping to break the paralysis there at the federal level. All right, and then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out. We'll continue our conversation with Indiana Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our chat with Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. And uh, Mrs. Crouch, uh, another thing that uh, I know is on your radar especially is uh, mental health and addiction issues. And uh, uh, how are some of those things uh, being tackled uh, from uh, your perspective and also uh, across the state that you see? Well, Tom, thank you for that question because I think the mental health and addiction you know, pandemic is here in Indiana and it affects each and every one of us. Uh, you know, I travel the state, I've been to all 92 counties and, and I see it everywhere and hear about it everywhere. One out of five Hoosiers struggles with mental illness or addiction. And we all know Hoosiers that have faced those challenges and sometimes our own family members. And <clears throat> excuse me, quite honestly, my family's no exception. My mother suffered from depression. 
My sister committed suicide. My brother just died as an alcoholic. And so Hoosiers that face those challenges deserve an opportunity to be successful. And we are doing things to help them be successful. The Behavioral Health Commission, which met for two years, submitted a report to the General Assembly on recommendations on what needs to take place to improve the mental health access and services for Hoosiers. And in addition to that, the Public Health Commission also submitted a report to the General Assembly. So I think, you know, the General Assembly recognized that mental illness was a huge challenge we have before us. And in the last budget session back in 2021, they appropriated an additional $100 million for mental health here in Indiana. And, you know, we we know that it's going to take all of us. Uh, And, you know, we know we have to also engage the private sector. We can't just put it all on government. It's why I, along with John Lechleiter, former CEO and president of Eli Lilly, have founded the Indiana Roundtable on Mental Health to bring in the private sector and look at how we can come alongside the state and and address this issue that each and every one of us faces. So, you know, we have challenges, Tom, but where I see other people see challenges, I see opportunities. And we have an opportunity to really make Indiana better for all Hoosiers. And, of course, another uh, portion of your uh, job and your duties as lieutenant governor is uh, agriculture, and uh, what are you uh, seeing as far as uh, that's concerned? Uh, of course, uh, harvest uh, just concluded, but uh, um, how's the uh, agriculture picture looking in the state of Indiana? Well, I think, you know, we've had a, a, a fairly good year in terms of yields, uh, and the challenge that our farmers have are the same challenges that each and every one of us face, and that is inflation. They're seeing Fertilizer prices escalate. They're seeing gas prices escalate. And all those things factor into the margin that they receive. So while it was a good year, um, because of those extenuating circumstances, you know, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, But, you know, when we talk about mental health uh, and we talk about agriculture, one of the things that we recognize is that our Farmers and people in the agriculture community are such strong, stoic, optimistic people. But they face the same challenges as each and every one of us do. And it's why our Indiana State Department of Agriculture received a grant from the federal government to conduct mental health roundtables throughout the state in our agricultural communities to bring awareness uh, and to connect resources to that community so that if someone sees someone that is struggling, they know what to do. Uh, and so we know that um, our, our farmers and people in the ag community are people that make Indiana tick. And they're the ones that are putting food on our table. They're putting food on our, our Americans' tables, and they're exporting food throughout the world. But we want to be sure that they have the support that they need to be successful and and to address the many challenges that they face every single day. And uh, one of our uh, news gathering partners, okay. Hoosier Egg Today, has been talking about that. Uh, they did, uh, especially uh, in the month of October, uh, kind of bringing that to light. The fact that uh, you know the uh, you know the farmers and the people working in agriculture uh, usually are told to be the uh, or the the prototype is to be the strong, silent type, but at the same time. 
they are uh, starting to uh, reach out and uh, kind of uh, start talking about uh, mental health and uh, and being well and things of that nature. Uh, you know, I think we have to realize that the people that are in professions that seem to be the strongest, people in agriculture, people in law enforcement, you know, our health care workers, <clears throat> we kind of see them as really strong individuals. And, and we don't think about the fact that, you know what, they're people just like you and me, and they have the same challenges and same struggles as we all do. So we want to be sure that we have support for every Hoosier. And everyone realizes that, you know, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. That's called life. Uh, and so if we recognize that and we have the resources, then we have people that can be successful and, and can maneuver everyday life challenges. And, of course, uh, another thing that's been uh, going on uh, with the um, what you've been up to lately is uh, roundtables, and in particular, uh, understand, it's uh, driving rural economies. And uh, can you shed some light on that for us, please? Yes. In fact, we had um, one of our roundtables in Rushville. Uh, and so after COVID, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, which I oversee, which we call OCRA, uh, they uh, commissioned Ball State University to do a study of our rural economy and to kind of post-COVID and to kind of tell us what they're seeing and what are our opportunities. And they ended up looking at our rural economy in Indiana and identifying 20 communities that were poised for growth. And they looked, when they looked at those communities that were poised for growth, they looked at a couple factors. They looked at the education system. Did they have A and B schools? Did they have a good education system? What percentage of their um, their workforce worked from home? You know, indicating that there was pretty good broadband coverage in those communities. And so they identified 20 of those communities. One of them was Rushville. And so we went around to some of the communities and we held roundtables with the local elected leaders, sharing the results of the study but then asking them, what do they need from the state? What do they need from the uh, OCRA, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, that would help them be positioned for that growth in the future? And we heard a lot of feedback. Um, some of the challenges that communities had was child care. You know, having enough child care to where people could get into the workforce, women could get into the workforce because they had the adequate child care for their loved ones. Uh, that was a challenge. Infrastructure would be another challenge that faced many communities. Uh, keeping young people in the community. And so it was a healthy conversation about what it is that communities that all states says are poised for girls, what is it that we as a state can do to help them realize that growth. And that's uh, a lot of that sounds like it uh, kind of harkens back to uh, comprehensive plans that a lot of uh, communities in particular cities uh, tend to go with. And uh, was that intentional or was it uh, just kind of coincident that uh, these uh, factors were identified? Uh, you know, I think it was more coincidental. Uh, you know, what it, it's almost like the things that we heard in terms of what communities are needing to be able to realize their growth are things that we knew all along. 
But it was a good exercise to go through because okra is looking at how we can restructure our programs and make sure that we are giving communities what they need. We've had the Stellar program in the past. In fact, Rushville was a beneficiary of the Stellar program. And, you know, we want to know if we come back with our Stellar program, what kinds of things do we need to have in it that would help the communities? So, you know, I think it was coincidental that a lot of the things were the same, but for us, it was a good exercise to go through so that as we look at our programs that we're offering communities, we want to make sure that we have the right components in them so that they can be successful. All right. Then uh, anything else uh, before we uh, let you get back to your uh, schedule today, uh, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch? You know, I just want to say how proud I am of Batesville and Rushville and, you know, uh, that part of the state where people really, I see a real spirit of collaboration, of people working together. And we know that when we work together, we can accomplish so much more than when we work alone. And while I don't see that same level of collaboration throughout the state, I know that there in your area, it's very, very strong. And that's why you're as successful as you are. We want to be a willing partner, come alongside you and walk with you and work with you so that together we can build a better future. Indiana Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, we appreciate you uh, carving uh, some time out of your schedule for joining us this morning. Uh, All the best. Stay well. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you, Tom. You have a blessed day.